Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. I was really going to preach this message on Thursday night, but the Lord just took me a whole total different way. And so, y'all must be here on purpose this morning. Hallelujah. So I know I have um, some things in my heart to share, and I know that um, I'm going to share, I really believe, the heart of God, where we are right now. And what God wants us to get a hold of is his heart. And put our own desires away. Let's go for God. We can't play church any longer. You've heard me say some things, trying to get your attention, but I've cried out to God. I've been uh, crying out to God over this since Thursday to bring this message. And, you know, I told the staff kind of jokingly, I said, now I put my cinnamon dress on this morning so that maybe all the profit of me wouldn't come out. <laughs> and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be more compassionate and mercy. I'm just asking for you to hear what I have to say this morning. You know, because I know I'm carrying right now the heart of God. I can feel the weight of it. And sometimes we don't always want to hear because it means we have to change. That's what it means. And that's the heartbeat of God for this hour, that we're going to have to give up some of our ways and some of our plans, some of what we think, some of the things we may want to do. And let's get the mind of God. Too many people are doing their own thing, running here, running there, missing church to run off here, run off there, and not getting the mind of God on what God wants. And we've got to slow our pace down. We've got to start listening because we're headed in some days that we better hear from God. I'm just telling you. So we're going to pray in just a minute. Pastors in uh, Washington, D.C. for Christians United for Israel. And uh, I stayed here because I prayed. I wanted to go. But the Lord said, no, you need to stay here. And then he puts this message on me. So I knew this was, I'm in the will of God. And I may sound serious, it's because I am. Because of where we are on the hour, on the time clock of God. And we are going to either have to get in or you just might as well get out. That's the seriousness of the day. So we're going to open our Bibles up to Jeremiah 36. And uh, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures in 36. That's the heart of God for his people. 
because he's going to talk to his people. And that's what he's doing this morning. He's talking to his people. You're his people. We're his people. We're children of God. And we ought to understand he is our father. He is our father, and he knows what's best for us. He knows what we need to do. And he knows where each of us live. He knows our hearts better than we know our hearts. Listen, we need to ask God, what is his heart, and what does my heart really look like? What's in my heart? Because sometimes we don't even know what's in our heart. So, Israel's already in captivity here. Judah's about, Judah is in captivity, but not to the fullness of it. Because they've gone away from God. And so in verse 2, the Lord is talking to Jeremiah. Take thee a roll of a book. And write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee from the days of Joash even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah, it may be, I want you to listen to this, it may be, this is the heart of God. And he's saying it may be that the house of Judah will heal, will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. So he's crying out to his people that they will turn back to God because they're in a mess. Judah is in a mess. Our nation is in a mess. And so he's crying out. Because God doesn't want to bring some things to the nation that are going to be brought. He doesn't want to do it. So he's crying out to his children and say, repent, turn back to me. Jeremiah's been prophesying. He, he prophesied over 40 years and he never changed the message. He stuck with the same message. And people just hardened their hearts. And they wouldn't listen to what God was saying because they wanted to do it their way. They wanted their own plans. They wanted their own purposes. They did not want the purposes of God. And when we don't seek God on every step that we're taking, if we don't know what, what we need to be doing, we're going to be in trouble in the days ahead. I'm just warning. This is a warning to the church. This is a warning to the people of God. What you do over the next months are very key. And you can let that go in one ear and right out the other, just like Judah did. Or you can make a decision. I am going to hear and I'm going to obey. I am going to follow God with my whole heart, whether it's my plan or not. That's a, that's a decision. It's just like I said earlier. I would have liked to have gone to Washington. I've done it for years. But God said, no, you stay here. You stay in this place. I want to use you here. And sometimes we, you know, Pastor said a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, it's okay if you miss church. Well, not regularly. Church needs to be our priority. 
It needs to be that we look, I've got to be at church. If I'm on vacation, I mean, the Jakes are going on vacation in a week, so I want them to know I'm not telling you not to go on vacation. <laughs> not talking about vacation. Not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about where is your heart? What, what is your thinking? When God, you know, when God shows up, I think we should show up. <laughs> Amen. I think we should say, God, I want your way more than my way. I want your plans and I want your purposes more than anything. Because there are so many distractions. And if you think there's distractions now, wait till the days ahead. Wait. And I'm, ju I'm just warning every one of us right now to be aware of where you are. And so, Jeremiah did what the Lord said. He took it into the ears of the princesses of the people. And uh, they loved the word so much. They thought it was such a grand word that they burn it. You know what did they did to God? They said, I don't really care what you say. I don't really care what you think. I'm going to have it my way. And I'm sure none of us in this room have ever done that. We've all done it. Because we really don't want to hear what God has to say because he may tell us not to do something. He may speak into our lives to protect us, to prepare us, to get us ready for the days ahead. And so we have to understand the seriousness of the days we're living on. How long do you think that we can keep putting our fist in the face of God and think that God's just going to wink and say, it's okay, I understand. You know, we, especially as charismatic word people, we like the part of the goodness of God, and God is good. But, you know, sometimes goodness comes in the form of correction for direction. Yes. You know? You, God is a good God, but um, have your parents ever gotten angry at your children? I'm, everybody has a halo on here, so I can see it all now. None of us have ever gotten angry at our children. Why? Because they wear halos all the time, right? And they're always doing the right thing. Isn't that correct? We know better than that. Amen. They're not doing the right thing. They're in that place, you know. And it, it, it ticks us because we know what's good for them. We can see the pitfalls because most of us have gone down some of those pitfalls. And so we're trying to spare the lives of our children so they don't have to go down that pathway. So when God is calling us closer to them into that place in him... It's for our good and for our protection to keep us in the will of God so that we do not get into the wrong place. Amen. Amen? And so this is where Judah is. This is Jeremiah's whole life, what he did what he, when he went out to do. He was constantly dressing the nation, dressing the people in it, and he warned them that judgment was coming. He warned them. Over and over and over again. And what they really said 
you know, when you read through the scriptures, what they were really saying to Jeremiah, we'd rather bake our cakes to heaven. What that really means is we are going to do our own thing. And we don't care what anybody else thinks or anybody else does. You see the seriousness in it? So sometimes we don't know some of the things that we do. We don't understand how it affects things. But when the whole body starts going the wrong direction like Judah did and wanting to bake cakes to heaven, what were, the, what were they doing? Baking cakes to those idols, to those gods. And God had already told them, I'm God and there is no other. I am God and I know what I'm doing. And I've got a good plan. And he would tell them that. I've got a good plan. But come in and cooperate with me. Work with me. Don't work against me. Work with me. And they just kept thinking, oh, God doesn't know. God doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Now, I'm not directing this at any one person in here. Just like Jeremiah didn't. So, in Jeremiah 37, verse 1, now I am not going to try to pronounce all these kings' names, so I may shorten them, and we're going to live with it, okay? Amen. Just telling you right now. And King Zedekiah, and I, he's going to be Zed. When I talk about him, just know he's Zed. Okay, just love me. I listen to the Hebrew in that. I worked on it, and I worked on it, and it just got worse by the second. I said, okay, your name is Zed. That's it. It's the way it's going to be. So he's talking to the king, verse 2. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land did hearken unto the words of the Lord, which he spake by the prophet Jeremiah. And he's very clear. Nobody's listening. That that's not who you are. You all are listening. Amen. 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 And so it says in verse 9, Thus saith the Lord, Deceive not yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans shall surely depart from us, for they shall not depart. So here is a summation of what's going on. Here uh, they're in the land. Jeremiah's prophesying to them. And he's letting them know your protection from the Chaldeans who are going to invade, who are going to take over Judah, you will not be protected from them, even if you think help is coming from Egypt or help is coming from someplace else. It's not coming. I'm dealing with people. That's really what he's saying. I'm dealing with the kings. I'm dealing with people. I'm dealing with the souls of men. When God is dealing with the church like he is in this hour, it's about the souls of men. It's about what God has because there's souls that are dying and going to hell. And we forget that because it's easier to set that aside and not think about the souls of men. Not think there's, there's real fire of hell. That people really do go to hell. We don't like to discuss that anymore. Because if we don't discuss it, then we don't have to be responsible for it. And then whether we say it or not, we're responsible. 
we're the church. The church, the church should be the government. Did he not say, did Isaiah not say that the government was on his shoulders? Who is the shoulders? He's the head. What is the body? The church. So the government is on our shoulders, and what we do make a difference. And I'm just going to prefacize this right now. This is not political. I'm just telling you, don't come and tell me this is political. I'm telling you this is biblical. We have to be in charge. I'm just going to tell you the Republicans are not going to deliver this nation. The Democrats are not going to deliver this nation. It's going to be the church of Almighty God that we're going to have to rise to the occasion. We're going to have to take our land back, and we're going to have to quit playing church. Quit playing it. The heart of God is to change our nation. Back to biblical principles. Back to truth. You know, I laugh a whole lot sometimes of some things that are going on. And I was reading this article, and I thought, God, help their soul. There was this woman, and she was, um, she's a Disney heir. Did y'all see that? She's a Disney heir, very wealthy woman. And she is panicked over climate change. She is just freaking out. So she went to the Hamptons airport and got a group of people and they went out there and they were going to prevent the rich people from flying because if they're not flying, that's going to help the carbon emissions. Is that right? Am I saying that right? And I'm thinking, how dumb can you get and still breathe? (laughs) If you will read what the Bible says, you know that the heaven and earth is going to burn up. I'll give you the scriptures on that. So if you have a problem, a problem with climate change, let's go to what the word says. Amen? Amen? We have to go to what the word says. And when the timing of it, somebody told me the other day, some name, I don't even know the name, Christian, is saying by the end of the year we're going to be toast. Well, if you want to be toast, go ahead. But that's not the word of God. I've got truth on it. God's already said. And he knows the timing when heaven and earth will pass. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. In Genesis, it talks about the land, you know, is cursed. And no Democrat, no Republican can change that. There are things that are going to happen on this earth because it's cursed. We don't always like that, but it's truth. But as long as the church is here, the earth is not going to burn up. It's not scriptural. So no matter what they're trying to do, stick with the word. So just a sideline, go to Second Peter. I tell you, if you just read the word... It'll calm your soul where climate control control is. Is it control? That's what I... That's why you're in the front row. Keep me straight. Climate change. Yeah, things are changing. So, 2 Peter, did y'all go there? This is in your Bible. 
You know, I'm not reading out of anything else except the Bible. 2 Peter 3, verses start with verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Is that what the word says? So the day of the Lord is not today. It is not at the end of the year. The church needs to grow up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in our holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. There is a time that the earth is going to burn up. There is a time. But you know what? As long as you and I are here, it isn't happening. Free yourself of that. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Until the earth comes, you know, it's going to stay here because it's in a sin nature. Let's look at Romans 8 before I say anything else. Let's look at the word. You know I'm a word person and I'm going to go by what the Bible says. Not what Washington says. So Romans 8. Let's start with, where did it go? 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth for what? Now look at this. Waiteth for what? The manifestations of the sons of God. What is the earth in travail about right now? Waiting for the church to rise up. It's waiting. It's travailing. The earth is in travail. That's why you see all the things that you are seeing. That's why you're hearing what you're hearing. That's why you see the earth with volcanoes and the, and the change in the atmosphere. You can't do anything about it. It's in travail for the sons of God to manifest, for the revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus rises up and we take our position. Position. That's the heart of God. That's what he's saying to us. Rise up and be the church. This earth isn't going anywhere until the appointed time. I don't care what they spray in the atmosphere. I don't care what they do. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly. I mean, the earth God made perfect, and it was sustainable until the curse came. But by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. So the earth right now is in bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So you can see what I think of climate change. And I have scripture to back it. 
And if Jesus said the heavens and the earth are going to pass away, not where God's kingdom, the heavens, but the atmosphere where it is in demonic control is going to be destroyed. It's going to come down someday. So we have to get our theology in line with the word of God. Not with what man says, not with what the circumstances. You are faith people, and you know that we do not live by sight. But I'm telling you, people, Christians, are living by sight and in agreement that, you know, we've got to do something. And so let's all go stand out at the airport and tell those big jets they cannot go off anymore. And that way my husband has to stay in Washington. No, that ain't happening. Planes are going to fly. Carbon's going to be there. Things are going to happen. But we're headed towards something. And we're headed towards a glorious church. And that means we need to get on board with where God's going. That means we need to go into that place that we think what God has for this hour is more important than what we have. Hallelujah. So let's go back to Jeremiah. I have one good thought. Here Jeremiah got thrown into prison. I don't believe you're all going to throw me into prison. (laughs) So I'm believing that as the church, we're going to rise to the occasion. Amen? And we're going to start really seeking after God, going after the heart of God, into what God has and what God wants in this hour. Amen? I mean, that's victory, really. It's going to be victory. It's going to be good. Amen? So, okay, I told you to go to Jeremiah, but I'm going to read this scripture first. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. So keep your hand in Jeremiah or something in Jeremiah because we will go back to Jeremiah. And I have said since this spring... I've had this stirring in me. And a few years ago, the Lord gave me these scriptures that things are going to be shook. And I preached it here more than once. And God's put it back in my heart again. That things are shaking. If you don't know that there's not a shaking going on, things are shaking. But I'm just letting you know something is coming this fall. I've sensed it in my spirit since this spring. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what to tell you to look for, but I'm just telling you, be prepared for war. That just came right out of me. I didn't have that in me to say. You know what that means? If he's telling us to be prepared for war, I don't know if that's a natural war. I certainly know we're in a spiritual war. But I don't know what's coming. And you cannot afford to play church. You cannot afford to be out of church. You cannot afford in this hour just to do your own thing. I pray you get my heart this morning. I pray you get the heart of God this morning. The seriousness of where we are. You know, I like to be the prophet that always talks about the good because that's what God wants for his people 
But there's also some things he's not going to put up with. He's not going to wink his eye at abortion. He's not going to wink his eye at gay marriage anymore. Not that he ever has. The mess our children wanting to give children. Sex changes. God have mercy on us. I, I can't. If I could get my heart across what I'm feeling right now. Is the weight of our nation. It can't be slothful anymore. I told you to go to Hebrews 12, verse 23. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. Who's he talking to? The church, right? Who's the church? I'm just wanting you to understand. Which are written in heaven. Your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And to God, the just judge of all, and to the spirits of the just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. So he's asking. The Hebrew writer is saying, don't refuse who's speaking here. Don't refuse what's going on here. Don't refuse. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. So God's speaking. I'm just telling you this morning, these are not my words, these are not my thoughts. This is his heart this morning. Whose voice then shook the earth. And we know when God came down on Mount Sinai, what happened? It shook. Lightning, trembling. It was powerful. And the people said, uh, we don't want to hear you, God. Moses can talk to us. We want to hear God. We want to hear what God is saying. We want to be in that place so that no matter what, we are following God. Amen. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. Things are going to be shaken. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. What cannot be shaken? He's going to tell, tell us. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Which kingdom do you live in? The kingdom of God, right? It cannot be shaken. God is not being shaken. He said, let us have grace whereby we may serve God accept acceptantly with reverence and godly fear. God, that the church of the living God will fear you more than they fear man. That we will rise up and we will believe God what he is telling us and not do our own thing. 
For our God is a consuming fire. So he is telling us that what is going to happen is going to shake things that are made. It's going to shake things. But he's telling us if we're in the kingdom of God, we will not be shaken. If we're in and living and obeying God and doing the will of God, we're not going to be shaken in whatever happens. But we must be prepared. We must assemble ourselves together. We must come together on a regular basis to hear from heaven. Yes, you hear from heaven. But then there's a purpose for the church. And it's for us to gather together and we hear what God is saying. So we know how to respond to God. And we're not out doing our own thing. And think, you know, we are to love not our lives. Thank you for that great, that's right over here in, in the front row. We are not to love our lives. Well, I think I'll say it again. If we get it. We are not to love our lives. What if Jesus had loved his life and cherished his life? And decided not to go to the cross. He decided, hey God, this is too tough for me. Get those angels down here. I'm coming back. And I'm not going through the cross. Forget about mankind. What if he had done that? Instead of loving us so much. That he said to the Father, not my will, but your will. What would happen if the church got into a place that said, not my will, but your will be done? What would happen? We'd be the glorious church. We'd be out of here. And then the earth can burn up. We are in a window or a space of time for the greatest harvest this earth has ever known. And we got to be in that place that we're going to love souls more than we love our own lives. That we're willing to lay down our lives. And take up his cross. That's not preached much these days. But we need to preach it. We need to hear it. For what's coming. So, let's go back to Jeremiah. I'm just going to let y'all know I love y'all. If I could do a song and dance, I would do it. Just to break y'all up just a little bit. As I know this is a hard word. But I'm looking out for your soul because it's my job. It's my call. I didn't ask for it. And I can tell you, I didn't want it. I didn't call myself to be a prophet. But God called me. You've heard me say before, sometimes... 
I'd rather not have this assignment. But I want the will of God. Amen. You know, when Patricia first came, Herman and Patricia first came to the church, how many years ago? 19 years ago. Yeah. Hallelujah. We didn't know them. They didn't know us. And God told Patricia, she can help me if I say it wrong, told Patricia, don't, don't speak to us, the pastors, or just me. Don't speak to that woman. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> and so she obeyed God. When she first told me that, I thought, I wonder what I did wrong. She just met me, you know. And so there was a purpose for her to do that. You tell them. You tell them that you're the, God said it to you, not me. Because I really thought I was sweet. <laughs> Boy, did I find out. <laughs> so when we first came and at the end of the service, the Lord said, do not speak to Pastor Vicki. Do not say anything to her until I tell you to. So we came. It was the end of September, the beginning of October. And so we didn't say anything to Pastor Vicki. We didn't go up to her and give her our resume. This is what we know. This is what we're anointed for. Da, 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 nothing. And so then the first women's meeting, because you all had a women's meeting once a month. So I went to the first women's meeting in November. And... Uh, Pastor Vicki said, she said, God has a word for everybody. And I was like, I'm going to get a word. And um, so anyway, so when Pastor Vicki came to me and pulled me out, and she said, God, God said, long journey, long journey, for you have been on a long journey. You have found your place. Because God told me not to say anything to Pastor Vicki because he said, I want to show you something. So we came out of a church we've been going to for 20 years, and, that, and it was a church of familiarity. That's how they ministered to you. It's what they knew, already knew. And God knew that no more. So um, he said, I want to show you something. I want to show you the real deal. I, I want to show you that you can trust. And so he knew by me not saying anything to Pastor Vicki, and the first words out of her mouth was something she did not know about me. Had no idea we had been on a long journey. Had no idea that, that, that we were sitting, nothing about us at all. <laughs> but when God said, when, when God said through her, long journey, long journey, for you have been on a long journey, he knew that I knew that he was that authentic God coming out of her. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I said that to say many of you in this room I've prophesied to, I've said things to. And I've done that by obedience to the word of the Lord. And just like I've done that, I'm bringing this word to you this morning. With that anointing and grace so that it will be written on your hearts. So that you will adjust where needs to be adjusted. Now when we look at Judah and we look at where they were. I want you to look at Jeremiah 38. 
chapter, uh, chapter 38, verse 14. Then Zed, the king, sent and took Jeremiah the prophet unto him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said unto Jeremiah, I will ask thee this thing, hide nothing from me. Then Jeremiah said, If I declare it unto thee, will thou not surely put me to death? And if I give thee counsel, will thou not hearken unto me? So Jeremiah, he knows they're not receiving the word. They're not receiving it. And he's going, if I tell you the truth, are you going to kill me? If I tell you the truth, will you, are you really going to listen? That's what he was saying. That's what Jeremiah was. I mean, he's in prison. They got him out. And the king wants to know what? He knows. So, verse 16, So Zeb the king swears secretly unto Jeremiah, saying, As the Lord liveth, that made us this soul, I will not put thee to death, neither will I give thee into the hand of these men that seek thy life. Then said Jeremiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If thou wilt assuredly go forth unto the king of Babylon's princesses, they're going into captivity, then thy soul shall live, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and thou shalt live in thy house. Jeremiah is telling them, basically, you are going into captivity. But if you'll do what I tell you to do, you'll be protected. So verse 18, but if thou will not go forth to the king of Babylon, to the princesses, then shall this city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and thou shalt not escape out of their land. Is that pretty clear instructions? You'd think he would hearken to that, right? It's kind of like the church is today. I'm going to do my thing. And so, verse 19, And Zeb the king said unto Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews. I have fear in my heart what people will say if I follow what you say. That's what he's saying here. I'm afraid. I'm fearful of the Jews that are fallen to the Chaldeans. Least they deliver me into their hand and they mock me. Boy, as Christians, we don't want to be mocked, but we're, we stand up for what's right and they mock us. They say we hate them. We hate people. We're, we're made the criminals because we're obeying the word of God. And so it's easier not to deal with things. It's easier not to say things. It's the easier not to obey God. But Jeremiah said, they shall not deliver. And listen what he says, obey. I beseech, I beg you, obey the voice of the Lord, which I speak unto thee, so it shall be well unto thee, and thy soul shall live. So he's telling him what's going to save him and his household. He's telling him what to do. Now, the king has a decision to make. We have a decision to make. What are we going to do? We've got a nation that's falling apart. We've got a nation that's going against biblical principles. 
We got people in both parties that are contrary to God and God's plans for this nation. And we better find out what the word says. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah is telling, just obey. But then he says in verse 21, But if you refuse to go forth, this is the word that the Lord has shown me. So he's going to tell them, God's still speaking, warning, warning, warning. And behold, all the women that are left in the king of Judah's house shall be brought forth to the king of Babylon's princesses. And those women shall say, Thy friends have set thee on and have prevailed against thee. Thy feet are sunk in the mire, and they are turned away back. So they shall bring out all thy wives, thy children, to the Chaldeans, and they shall not escape out of their hand, but shall be taken by the hand of the king of Babylon, and thou shalt cause this city to be burned with fire. One man has a decision to make right here, and God has given him. He says, if you obey me, this is what will happen. If you disobey me, this is what's going to happen. Here is the decision. What are you going to do? It's like when Elijah stood out there at the altar and he said to Baal, you know, and to all their prophets, you know, you go ahead and you build an altar and I'll build an altar. You've got a decision to make. How long are you going to halt between two decisions? How long are you going to stay in that place? As a nation, how long are you going to put up with this stuff? How long are you going to not be the backbone to a nation? How long are you going to be till you rise up and you take your place of the church of the living God? Has he not proven who he is to you already? Have you not seen his power? Have you not seen his glory? Have you not seen his hand upon your life in some form or some fashion? Have you not seen God do some things for you over the years? Has God not risen in your life? Has God not brought you through? Has God not done something for you in this hour? God is on the move. Let's join him. That's what he was asking. How many years? How many years does God have to speak to the church of the living God to say, I'm alive and I'm full of power. I've got the answer. I can turn a nation back to me. I can turn the kingdom of darkness away from the church because I've given you the, hell, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I've given you all authority. Church, we have the authority. We have the power. We have all that it takes in this last hour. But we are going to have to turn from our wicked ways. We're going to have to turn from our plans and what we want. And we're going to have to turn towards a living God. And we're going to have to say, God, I am giving and recommitting my life to you. I surrender my plans. I surrender my purposes. I surrender my life unto you God and I want my life to give glory and honor to you I refuse to play church I refuse I refuse I refuse to give up on you God I know you're coming through this has got to be our heart cry this has got to be our heart it wasn't the king's heart but it was amazing to me he called for the prophet and says, give me the word of the Lord. And the prophet came and gave him the word. And he didn't like it. Because he feared man. 
I'm going to tell heaven a story. She may get me later. You know? And heaven and what's his name? <laughs> Aaron. We're dating. And uh, never forget this. Heaven comes to me on a Sunday morning. And I, she says, I need to talk to you. She came to me. I did not go to her. I said, okay, sit down. She said, here, now, yeah, let's do it. And she comes to me and she says, Pastor Vicki, um, I'm moving. I'm, I'm thinking about moving. Um, where'd you live, Erin? Southeast Missouri. She says, I'm moving to Southeast Missouri. Now, she wasn't going to move live with them. She wasn't doing that. But she was going to move down there and get a job. So that they could find out if this was the will of God, correct? So I had already known the first time I met Erin, <laughs> and she introduces me as her boyfriend, and I'm like, and who are you? This is my daughter, <laughs> my spiritual daughter. I want to know who you are. But when I met him and I shook his hand, the Lord said to me, he needs to come under Pastor Tom. So I had that. So when she sat down and she came to me, because she wanted her, wanted, which really blessed me, she wanted my wisdom. And I just looked at her and I just said, I don't remember exact words, but I basically said, well, I don't think that's what you need to do. And these big crocodile tears start running down her beautiful little face there. Now, I had a decision to make. Do I tell her the truth? Do I tell her what she wants to hear? Now, I didn't go tell her. She came to me. The prophet came to the king because he called. She came to me and wanted my wisdom. And she knew she wasn't going anywhere. And she had to tell Aaron. And Aaron said, he didn't understand it. He wasn't raised this way. But he said, we're going to do what they want. That showed me his character. Right answer, Aaron. <laughs> and look at him now. <laughs> I'm saying that to, to say to you, when the prophet went to the king, he gave him what God wanted. And then he had the decision to do with it what he wanted. And I'm saying to the church this morning, I'm giving you the word of the Lord. I'm presenting it to you. And you have a decision to make. You have a choice to make. Are you going to follow God? Are you going to obey him? Are you going to find out what your assignment is? Are you going to find out 
the next time you want to go out of town? Is it the will of God? And if he tells you no, what are you going to do? Uh, now, do not come and ask me. That's not my job. <laughs> you know, you got to hear from God. You need, you need to know what God has for you because you're at the hub. And this is a hub for a move of God. This is a hub that we don't play church. We're not here. The staff is not here. We're not here to play church. We are here to do the will of God. No matter what. And so God's asking the question. I'll finish telling you what happened to the king. When the Chaldeans came, they all thought they had a better idea than God did. So they thought if they snuck out while they were under siege, while they were being attacked, if they snuck out, they were going to be okay. That wasn't the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord was surrender to them. Surrender your will to his will. That's what God was saying. That's what he's asking you this morning. Surrender your will to his will. Now, when they went out, they looked like they escaped. But you know what? They didn't. And they got captured. He lost all his kids. They were killed. His eyes were poked out. You know, you think that's the right answer? You don't mess with God. And there are times when God is declaring and say something, we need to hearken. We need to listen. We need to obey, whether we like it or not. We line our will up with his will. We line our plans up with his plans. And the Lord's asking us that this morning. We're going to take a few minutes here. Because God's dealing with hearts. He's dealing with our hearts. I'm not asking. We, We don't have room for an altar call. An altar call is at your seat. This is between you and God. This is a decision that we all have to make. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.